The following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Welcome to Mind the Narrative, the Genesis RPG Podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system, created by Fantasy Flight Games and produced by Edge Studio. A show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both the players and the GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, are my good friends and co-hosts, Chris Holmes, Stefan Dragonspawn. How are we doing, fellas? Starting with you, homie. Oh, I'm doing really good, man. I'm doing pretty good. I've uh, been doing some golfing, so I have to get in shape or else I'm going to die when I'm out in Arizona and you'll never, I'll never be on a podcast again. So, um, <laughs> don't want but what's awesome, I'll tell you what's awesome is that my buddy Bob, which is awesome, he's been listening to our show, um, been starting with the first episode, uh, sorry, episode zero, um, has been listening to it while he's been playing golf and he says my melodic voice has improved his game and i'm like dude that's creepy i think i'm impressed but so um so maybe that happened in the middle of his backswing who knows i told him i'm gonna throw random shit in the air for him um during the show now uh just because you know, he might be listening to it while he's golfing. He might not hear that for another three years, but you know, who knows? <laughs> he does have quite a few. To but catch we'll up see. On. He does have quite a few to catch up on. But anyways, uh, yeah, been gaming and you know. Oh, by the way, played some dice throne last night with my buddies, and uh, I'm four and zero. Oh, by the way, playing dice throne. Yeah. So I'm not the weakest link when it comes to that. We've been playing some two on two matches, so it's been kind of fun. <clears throat> um, I, I went 0-2 last night. Sean, Sean you, took me and beat you? the floor with me two, two you play? games in a row. What'd you play? I played as the Pyromancer in one okay. game, and he was yeah. playing as the Moon Elf. Okay. Who, by the way, the Moon Elf is a shutdown expert. That will just shut you down. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, my bu- yeah, Eric, my buddy, he was playing. I was pl- He was playing the Moon Elf. I was playing the... Um, what was it? The uh, da, ba, ba, da, da, da. barbarian. Come back. No, no, no. Already played to him. Come back to me. Who else did okay. you play? <laughs> and then the second game, I played the treant versus Sean in the uh, barbarian, and that one came down to the wire. It came did it down really? to the wire. We were pretty close. Okay. Both both those characters have a lot of heal. <laughs> they do. That's what. That's the defense for a barbarian is heal yeah. first. Yeah, so I was playing, I played the monk, fun, fun character, and oh yeah, I was playing the, I was playing the cursed pirate with the moon elf, so, uh, did not become the, I didn't have to, didn't lose all my cursed doubloons and then have to flip over to the undead pirate, so, anyways, um, all right, well, hey, enough of that. Stefan, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Well. You're here. Yeah. yeah, I'm here, I'm here. Um. Not as much gaming. So, you know, game the last Thursday, the ones have turned off. Uh, we're going to have to put that on hold as some of us have other stuff to do on, on Thursdays. But it was still a good game. I liked it. 
uh, ended up on a high note where uh, two ogres almost popped the floor with uh, Salbar. So, <laughs> although one, yeah, although one ogre had a couple of crits and then he was disoriented and staggered. I think he had all the conditions. He couldn't do anything basically. <laughs> Prevented from doing everything. <laughs> that was kind of. And I awesome. think he might have also had that. Um decapitated condition too right at the end at the very end yeah so that's pretty that's much you really can't recover a, from <laughs> no exactly the, the massive condition that's our yeah. condition to remove yeah the massive headache so yeah. so more of a kick in the neck honestly a little bit yeah. no other than that we're doing stuff around the land planting stuff watering stuff things are growing which is kind of good Today and yesterday, we got lots of rain, which helps. And I ordered my own uh, little uh, dice throne stuff, uh, just the one box set to, to try out. I went with the yeah. Pyromancer versus, what was it, the uh, the Thief, Shadow Thief. Yeah, that'll be fun. So that'll be fun. I'd like, like to try that. Maybe uh, once our favorite ho- gaming hoe comes over, he'll uh, we'll be able to, pl- to play that a couple times. Right. Be sure. Yep. That's for everybody. That's Daryl, by the way. Yes, my friend. <laughs> Excellent. But, yeah. That. Uh, yeah. We're doing pretty good. Uh, how about you, Tony? Well, for once in my life, for once in the recording of our show, I have not just work, <laughs> work, work, work to say. Actually, I uh, I've had some days off recently uh, and spent them all with the misses. Um. Two of us together just kind of rekindling the spark, so to speak, uh, of hanging out together. Um, we've been locked in, shut down together, uh, and just kind of going through the motions. And uh, now we're both vaccinated and able to get out and about and to do the things we love to do and starting to get out and yeah. do that. So we, we went out, and, like last weekend, we went and saw A Quiet Place 2 in the movie at the movie theater. And, mm-hmm. This weekend we did a bunch of yard work together, but you know, doing it together made it a lot easier. Definitely makes a difference. We had some friends over Friday yeah. night for drinks, and all cool. in all, it was just a good time this weekend. Becoming a little more of a normal world again. Still yeah. never really going to be the same, but it's getting feels a little more normal. Yeah, it's yeah. back to normal at least. Yeah, good. It felt good to put the hat of normality back on. Uh huh. Yep. yep. So. Um, and not have to work. So that was the plus sign right there for me. Oh, there it is. <laughs> that was a plus. Triumph. Triumph. Yeah, you did. <laughs> well, we got a show for you guys. We are we going do. to talk about um, just the final two tones that the uh, Genesis gives us um, in the Expanded Players Guide. And the name of our show, episode 85, is it Oceans 15? Or the case of the Maltese chicken, or is it the Canadian blowjob? <gasps> I mean, I mean, it could have been like you know, like the Italian job, but the Italian blowjob. <laughs> you know, you got to blow up a safe, you got to blow. Up I a did wall. not expect that one from you, homie. <laughs> you did. <laughs> did you, Stefan? It is the French Canadian blowjob. Mm. <laughs> hey, you know that's when you have to blow up a safe, or you got to blow up a wall, right, to kind of get into a place. You know, uh, you, have blow, you have to blow something, my darling. Yes, it's the most world's most secure sugar shack. <laughs> yep. That's what you're trying well, to get into. Sure. Well, you have to get you have to get the golden maple syrup out of you know. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Anyways, 
<laughs> so unless we want to sit here and giggle and laugh all night, we probably should get on with the rest of the show. I yep. guess. Well, okay, so here we are at a boosting the signal, um, where Stefan shares all of the ha Genesis news um, from the uh, Edge Studio section of the DT RPG. What you got for us tonight, there, Stefan? All right, so tonight, uh, keeping in line with the uh, the theme of the show uh, of. Uh, of the uh, the, uh, the heist that we will be talking about, as uh, we'll be talking about some, some a couple of tones from the uh, EPG. Uh, I'm boosting signal from something from uh, Studio 404 on Drive Through RPG. They came out with a little while ago uh, a supplement called Legwork and Larceny, which uh, these are the people who came out with uh, Megasis, uh, which uh, we, uh, I boosted a couple of episodes ago talking about settings. Uh, it's all about mechs, or sort of if you want to include uh, big giant robots, well, they have a supplement for that. But they also worked on this, so this adds and expands upon the uh, the heist theme that uh, we'll be talking about uh, a little later in the books of Genesis. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Where uh, and whereas EPG describes the heist in more general terms, it's only a couple of pages. Uh, Legurk and Larceny goes into a bit more detail. It breaks down the various steps, uh, introducing new aspects and mechanics, which you know, don't have to worry; it's, they're not overly complex. Um, they offer some ideas and suggestions, uh, but they still go over the four basic steps as well. Uh, I will be mentioning later, uh, but also mention examples. For example, uh, the complexity of the job. Is this uh, heist like just something that uh, would be a little, a little side job uh, during the session, or is it you know uh, just maybe an encounter, real quick? Uh, you know, maybe for example, uh, try to get uh, the contents of a, of a locker in. Uh, at a train station, you know, uh, without being seen, uh, or something like that. Or will will it uh, will it take a an entire session because it's a major plot point uh, of the campaign, so or maybe multiple sessions. So they go a little bit over that. Uh, they talk about uh, traps and obstacles and whether they are passive, active, deadly, or not. And they have a table with ideas for that, which can can help jog some uh, your imagination. Uh, suggestions for how to spend advantage and triumph. Uh, a useful table, uh, except for the, uh, the complexity, also covers uh, you know, uh, not just how important it is, but the number of obstacles that they suggest could uh, could be in the way. Uh, yeah, how that's many a nice table, actually. I like that table. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> and they introduce uh, well. Uh, how many threats are uh, are needed to invoke hitches, and how many hitches 
can be in, in the uh, in the heist, depending how complex it is. So like a, a little side job, they suggest maybe just three hitches, whereas something really, really complex, uh, complex complexity five for an entire session at least, might have up to 15. Now, his hitches are the kind of new mechanic, one of the new mechanics he introduced as a way to, to keep things a little bit unpredictable without becoming adversarial, because that's one of the things they talk about. You, you don't want the GM to just you know, throw them things around because he's trying to stop you from, uh, from achieving the heist, just making more, just like a movie, just making it interesting, as opposed, so it's a little bit different than heat, which kind of covers what may happen after the job, you know, uh, once the, whether the players succeed or not. And then, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, they've got yeah they've got a table here. Um, how you can spend hitches? Like you could spend a yeah. couple of hitches to upgrade a passive obstacle to an active one. You mm-hmm. know, so uh, yeah, that's kind of pretty cool. That's it. Yeah, and how many how many of those hitches does it cost? Let's say for three three hitches, uh, you upgrade the difficulty one, or uh, for five, uh, upgrade a lethal obstacle to a minor combat encounter. So can be uh, quite cool uh, with examples of how how something can be lethal or if it's a trap how if it's passive or not <laughs> uh, yep and then if you spend 10 itches 10 hitches you can mm-hmm. invoke the 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 gm being a dick um mm-hmm. hitch which is what they're looking for has been moved off site <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, not the, even the there. <laughs> yeah yeah, they talk about the MacGuffin. Now, the MacGuffin That's is right. a fake or has been moved off late. So. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. So they have some cool examples there. Um, yeah. And then some traps. I like some of the traps because, you know, let's say rope snare. It's not a really you know, <laughs> deadly trap, but it's in snare four. Uh, it can only, it has a crit rating of uh, despair. So you can only activate a crit on a despair. You know, maybe the the rope rope goes around your your neck instead of your ankle, so <laughs> that could be deadly. <laughs> nice knockout darts. Yeah, awesome. that's it. And then they also talk about you know, running the heist, the legwork parts of it, uh, how to spend the advantage and triumphs there, the infiltration phase, etc. And then part two. The heist mechanics, uh, they're talking a little bit about the story pool, how to use story pool a little differently uh, for the GM anyway. For example, uh, it allows the GM to spend up to three points at one sh- in one shot. So for one point, you can move, let's say a passive obstacle becomes active. Uh, for two, uh, in a combat or chase encounter, add a rival. For three story points, well, uh, security continues to chase the PCs after they leave the premises. And then finally, it's the uh, what I kind of like is the uh, a new talent called the flashback. So if characters haven't taken uh, do they didn't do the legwork for a certain aspect of the heist uh, because you know, maybe. They find out in game that oh, there's actually some magical defenses in this uh, in this uh, heist. They could, with this trap, with this uh, talent, use alchemy, 
as long as they have at least two ranks in it, uh, to do to initiate a flashback and how you explain that, you know, uh, depends on the players in GM, how uh, actually, he, even though they didn't do the legwork part of it, um, this allows them to retcon kind of the, uh, the situation. Oh, no, I did actually do this. It was kind of off screen that I went to this guy who uh, might know and he offered me this like magical elixir that will render me uh, you know, intangible. I can bypass this, these wards or whatever. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. So you can have a character with that flashback talent. And they give examples, of course, what kind of flashbacks, whether it's, whether it's a, because of a contact, uh, you have countermeasures, your character has devised a plan or device to deal with a certain type of obstacle, even though you know, it wasn't discussed beforehand or they didn't find out any information beforehand or gear or physical access or a stakeout or they tracked someone. So yeah, cool. it does help. It can help a little bit more uh, the, uh, to flesh out the details. Uh, so you can, you just take, need a little piece of paper to generate how, or take, take note how many successes they may have uh, uh, generated, how many hitches. Uh, and uh, then of course, you know, you can link that up with the heat afterwards. So, yeah, as uh, Chris mentioned, it's available on Drive Through RPG. So I'll uh, we'll include the link in the show notes, and you get all of that. You know, nine pages for two ninety five. Wow, not too bad. That looks good. good. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Good, you know, so it has the great uh, Genesis uh, type layout for it. So. Oh, yeah. Very good. For nine pages, um, granted, you know, the first page is obviously the cover page. The second yeah. page is the, um, the what do you call it, is the credits and stuff. But you got seven pages here of lots of good stuff. You oh, really yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. Clearly. A mm-hmm. lot of useful stuff. Definitely. So there you go. That was all the hot news I had for boosting the signal. I hope that helps uh, Brett Bowen and the uh, the guys. He's the main guy who worked on this particular project and at 404 or Studio 404. And I hope that helps them. Check it out. All right, welcome to the books of Genesis. Oh, 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 oh. This is where we break down one section of the books of Genesis bit by bit, and this time we'll be exploring the additional tones provided in the EPG, pages 109 through 112 in the physical book. Uh, those new tones are the heist tone and noir tone. Yeah. However, comma, uh, we should probably go into what exactly these tones are, because, I mean, why yeah. do they have to tell us how to run our games so much? Gosh, gosh, I know, Tony. Jeez. <laughs> well, <clears throat> well, what tones are? Where settings let us know what the era, location technology what planet you might be on or or whatever what you're playing in 
I see tones as being that the texture of that setting, right? What it feels like, you know, what the what the attitude of the NPCs have. Um, when I say, "Hey, we're gonna run a we're gonna run a game and we're gonna run a fantasy game, we're gonna run a fantasy RPG game and this what kind generic of world." I don't know what kind do we want. Do we want to do Eberron, or do or do you want me to run you in 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 Barovia? What does that do for you? I don't even know what that means. All right, well, you know, Eberron is a pulpy setting. Oh, Barovia is a horror setting. So, oh, right so there, horror fantasy, horror fantasy, man, where everything's dark and gritty, and everybody's like walking around goth looking, you know, closing their doors when you walk into their. When are you mm-hmm. walk into their tone and can I know. play Hugh Jackman Vampire Hunter? Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> Only if Stefan plays Kate Beckinsale, you know, like you know, sister to a werewolf, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hotter gypsy than princess. Gypsy right. princess, baby. Right. Are, are you are you stereotyping me that uh, if I can play a, a trampy woman? Oh, sorry, that would be Daryl. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl would be playing a trampy woman. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so there's that. But that, though, then Eberron, you know, you think of pulpy, right? You think action packed. Maybe I'm swinging from an airship to, you know, you know, my villains will be monologuing, you know, eh, a little more tongue in cheek. Maybe if you want to run the game kind of that way. Yeah. And That's what tones do. They give right. that texture for you. Um, like a, sci- a sci-fi setting, you know, Aliens is, is is a horror, has a horror tone, whereas Star Wars has more of a space opera. Exactly, exactly. Uh-huh. And all this is covered in the core rulebook, and we've covered it in a previous episode. The, oh, yeah. the original tones they gave us was on page 241 of the core rulebook, and, and a description of what those tones are and how they help you describe your game. First, to get yeah. players to play the game, and second, it helps inform you as a GM what elements to add to the adventures that you're writing. You know, when you're writing a horror game, you're not going to write it with a bunch of comedy puzzles. Right. Um, and when you're writing a pulp game, you're certainly not going to include oppressive, dark lighting in your descriptions That's of right. everything. Right. Um you may set one more at like maybe nighttime, you know, things like, happen more at night, you know, that kind of stuff. Now you can also combine. Yes. You know, you oh, can yeah. do a, you can do a romance horror. And one of my of favorite share elements. Uh huh. Yeah. One, one of my favorite romance horror movies that I would think would make a great setting is pride, prejudice and zombies. Yeah. That's a great freaking movie, man. I loved it. I think it's great. You have That's a classic a, yeah. romance, but you've got it's, it's a great zombie movie. Kind of is. Yeah, is. With with some kung fu action. Oh hell yeah, those chicks kick ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good movie, actually. Yeah, I, I, do. I like it. It's a classic. Um, but tonight we're covering the heist first of all, mm-hmm. and uh, in that's in the EPG on page. Uh, What's that? 109. 109. 110 if you're in the PDF, by the way. Right. <laughs> like me. So um, we get into first, you know, why use the heist tone? Well, I mean, who wants to do a heist? <laughs> Come on. Who would love to steal 
everything in somebody's house or a Maltese chicken or whatever or, else. I mean, <laughs> or Arkansas or <laughs> come on. I mean, why would players, you want to do that? Hey, they my, <laughs> my, my like lawful good paladin. I totally would not want to go do a Canadian blow, blow job. I mean, job, right. I mean, we probably, probably wouldn't want that. No, he'd probably go to, you know, he'd, he'd but he probably would go to like a corrupt Lord's house though. And go steal that like evil artifact he may have, right? And that's that he's just using. It. it doesn't have to be you know a bunch of criminals performing a crime. It could be good good guys stealing something away from the bad guy. Right. But what yeah. we're what we're used to, and I'm, I'm sure those of us who've been playing for thirty odd years could tell you, is that murder hobo players uh, they want to steal everything. They want everybody else's stuff. But, that's but right. Hello, so, yeah, a twist <laughs> a twist on the heist. You could have a, a rescue. The, the MacGuffin, you know, the treasure could be, you know, a princess or prince who's been kidnapped and and get prisoner. You have to get yeah. in, rescue them, and get out. That's a heist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be. You know, I've been watching. I've been binge watching Leverage, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, a heist slash con, very similar. You're kind of running a con as well, which yeah. is a pretty fun thing to do. You know. Um, yeah. the, the movies with the uh, various illusionists, you know, now you see me. Those are heists. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's lots of inspiration out there. As I said at the top of the yeah. show, you know, those Oceans movies of yep. yeah. 11, 12, 13, and what, 8, uh, I think is. Oceans what? 8, I think that was with the women. I think, yeah. uh, what, I think, yeah. That was yeah. That, 11, that was 12, 13, good. and then 8. Mm-hmm. Um, all them, you've got The Italian Job, you've got, you know, Snatch. You've got um, you've got the original Italian job as well. Yeah. Um, yep. The Great Train Robbery. That's a classic. Um, I'm still waiting for Ocean 69. Of course you are. You're probably <laughs> you're probably going to start pitching the Canadian blowjob too to some theater. Oh yeah. Start writing that up, aren't you? <laughs> you do a one shot of that. <laughs> but there's a there is a ton of inspiration out there. Oh, is yeah. what I'm saying. There is. Yeah. Uh, and it could be done in in all kinds of different settings modern futuristic mm-hmm. urban um even uh fantasy and weird war settings you can do a heist um oh, there yeah. there wasn't there one in like a weird war setting where they were doing an art heist um yeah trying to rescue some pieces of artwork uh, from the uh the Germans. it was a, just a regular world war ii movie but they were rescuing art yep. and there okay. was even there was even a modern day one wasn't three kings the modern yeah. one wasn't that a modern like day heist? That, that was a heist was... in the Gold, Afghan right? war. Afghan war, yeah, the the Gulf War, right? Yeah. Didn't that have like Mark Wahlberg, um, George Clooney, and somebody else in it? I think that was three. I don't know. Some that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you can so see the heist in all kinds of uh, settings and uh, and genres. Yes, and there's you know the heists kind of have a lot of moving parts so you have to break them down um and that's what kind of what that legwork and larceny document did is broke down the four parts of a heist now you know they all have themes but um we have these four parts and we'll go into what they are and we'll start with the first one which i guess you know one of you wants to take it planning the job 
yeah so before you start yeah you you plan out what what you have to do so yeah the first phase of any heist yeah it's a planning one so here are the characters of course you know uh designate what the target is they make all their plans and discuss how to maybe bypass all the complications that could be whether it's traps or guards or uh whatever else uh it focuses a, a lot on uh on role playing uh but there still can be some uh, some checks of course as uh if there's any social encounters that could be set up here and then uh story points they suggest can be uh, used to identify threats uh, reach out to contacts you know plot escape routes or set them up for the next phase which is doing the legwork that's right. You want to take that, Tony, or want me to? Go ahead, buddy. Okay. Yeah. So that so you got your plans made. Now you got to hit the streets. Now you got to pull it all together. Um, you case your target. You gather up your special equipment if you want. If you need to get that tow truck that you need, um, to pull into the, you know, the pull into the back of the I don't know yeah. warehouse or something like that. Um, you might yeah. generate heat though, which you know, negative effects on those things, yeah, that truck might have a GPS tracker on it, which may later on could uh, come back to haunt you um, mm-hmm. in, in later phases or whatever. But this is the phase where you would start generating some of that heat, which we'll get into. That's kind of one of the new rules here. Um, you know, you'll spread some bribes around too um, to kind of gather up this information. Um, get your fake IDs, gather up the, I don't know, uh, your disguises. Yeah, uh, it's also it's well. also where some some of those hitches might be generated too for the players if you're using the legwork and larceny. The legwork and larceny. Yep, yep, yep. Any threats or despairs that the characters generate? Oops, there you go. Here's a couple of hitches. A couple of hitches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, once all, right. all the legwork is done, what's next, Tony? I'll pull that trigger. Pew, pew, yeah, pew, this pew. is as they say. This is where the rubber meets the road uh, when you're doing your Fast and Furious heist here. Once <laughs> all the planning and legwork is done, once those two things are done, it's time for the characters to execute their plan and see whether or not all that preparation H or no preparation has paid off. Well, it could be a pain um, in the ass. I mean, it really could be. I mean, come on. We've spent three hours planning. That's a fuck. That could be. Especially if the GM spends all 10 hitch points. And and honestly, I mean, if you want to break it down into mechanics, you know, your first two planning the job and the legwork can be done with um, just a few checks or you can do them as a skill challenge um, oh, individually how, or together. Yeah, I know, um, I know you, when you've run our Star Wars games and we've had to do our quote unquote heists and heist, heist similar jobs like a heist you've had us do skill checks um, yes which is a skill challenge i mean um which is great and, and it kind of doing it that way also combines the planning with the doing the legwork mm-hmm. and fleshes out you can do it in um kind of it's not designed to be done in a specific order yeah it's not uh, linear. right but uh the the pulling the trigger is usually done as an encounter either social or uh, combat encounter mm-hmm. um, 
and it can start in a non-combat situation, but then it usually breaks into a combat encounter almost always <laughs> um, at some point. And yeah, then, like like the like the round zero, yeah, like combat <laughs> encounter, which is i.e. our social encounters, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, Communications break down. <laughs> well. But, you know, this is where the meat and potatoes of your heist occurs, and you want it to have that tension. Mm -hmm. So running it as a structured encounter, whether it be um, a magical structured encounter uh, uh, in, say, Shadow of the Beanstalk, it be a a hacking encounter, or Mm -hmm. in in any game being a combat encounter, you'll really want to kind of run your pulling the trigger as a structured encounter to heighten the tension right with rounds um, and so everybody you know can make those stealth checks or the computers checks as they're moving through the computer or whatever yeah and all that stuff that they did before pays off in the you know oh hey you successfully paid off those two guards um yeah. and lo and behold the entrance that they were at is unguarded and uh, you can just kind of sneak in. All you need is a simple stealth check instead yeah. of a, you know, a daunting stealth check. Now it's easy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Now, as, as, as a DM, GM, DM, whatever, regardless, um, it's really hard to know what the hell your, care, your players are going to plan, how they're going to plan it, what they're going to come up with. But you can at least have a point A to point B structure it a little bit maybe have like tony said okay if they happen to go this direction and there are guards here i put guards here if there are these kinds of checks these guards won't be at this door or these guards won't be at this door or whatever all right and just kind of roll with it literally roll with it (laughs) you know i mean and this is also some again if you're using the language larceny you could activate some of those uh hitches during uh, during it so uh a trap becomes more active instead of just you know passive infrared sensors out there there there, there might be actual lasers that might cut you up or (laughs) sharks with lasers on their forehead (laughs) that might fuck you Uh, (laughs) and this is also where the the flashback talent could come up if the players that come up against something that, oh, well, we didn't plan on that. We didn't plan on having you know, a pressure-sensitive thing you know, uh, to, where the diamond is resting. How do we defeat that? It's like, oh, wait a minute. I mm-hmm. actually planned for this. I actually have a fake plastic diamond that's exact the same weight. Now, that, now that's <laughs> if they skip the legwork phase now. If, they yes, can use exactly. that talent. So, exactly. yeah, so that's interesting. Them not doing the legwork. And using the talent, that's, that's, I don't know, that's interesting. Can be, yeah. yeah. But, Sometimes maybe the players didn't think of every little aspect, but they, you throw in a little, uh, especially when you know they've got that, at least one person or two has that talent. Yeah. Make sure that they are able maybe to use it. Yep. If you can throw a little uh, curveball, it's like, oh, wait, I do have something that could uh, can help in here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So the guard actually, I actually bribed him, and he knows me, so he'll be, he'll let us through with our fake ID. <laughs> right on. So there is a fourth element now for GMs. It's a fourth element, really. That fourth element, no player thinks about that fourth element to the heist. <laughs> I know mine don't. 
They're like, we got the thing. It's over. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's over. Awesome. Oh, wait a roll minute. The, roll the credits. We have it in our hand. Why, how the fuck do we get out of here? <laughs> That's basically the thing. <laughs> what's what's the last one, Stefan? It's getting away with it. So did the characters actually manage to skip out of the place without being detected or caught? You know, uh, did they get the shipment of gold uh, or that sensitive, you know, incriminating data? Great. Now are we? Uh, so this is where you determine what are they going to what are they going to do with it? Did they make a plan for how to defense it or otherwise profit from it? If they did it on their own, for example, if they didn't have an employer, well, how do we get rid of it or how do we liquidate these uh, these diamonds? Uh, right. <laughs> And then, or, the, of course, or, or the or the or the jewel of Yavin. I do remember there was a, a team of three that just stole the fucking thing and the money, and they yeah. just left. Yep. Mm, maybe someday that might come. Maybe they'll go to a fence that maybe Tony might play or somebody nah, might play that, in the future. What? <laughs> nah, nah, nothing like that will ever happen. What could would possibly go wrong? <laughs> How do we sell the diamonds? What? That's okay. So. So this is where sometimes you know you can also uh, you know insert the elements of heat. You know maybe that's uh, other bad guys got in on it. They heard about it and they they want the uh, the MacGuffin now. Right, <laughs> and this is where you know as they're driving away, do they know that there was a GPS tracker on that truck? Well, that and, they got during the legwork phase. Yeah, you know yep, those kinds exactly. of things. Exactly. So uh, paragraph. Keeps going on. Says, well, successfully pulling off a heist isn't necessarily, necessarily the end of the story. There's always fallout, even in the best of situations. You know, someone's going to be angry, whether it's mm-hmm. the employer who got screwed out of the Jewel of Yavin or uh, the actual owner of the Jewel of Yavin. You're going, hey, someone stole this from me. <laughs> Looking for payback. You know, what? Uh, you the know. target? Now they won't uh, worry. They're like, ah, whatever. I got somebody. Something got stolen got from it. me. They'll forget about it. Right? Yeah, I've got insurance. <laughs> so yeah, the players might have to lay low for a while, or just skip to a different part of the galaxy, far, far away. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> and what? What's next, Tony? After all these four steps in the uh, tone. Well, they go into this new rule. So um, they, they, of course, you know, with each tone, they kind of add a, a suggestion for a new rule. And of course, the new rules that are in Legwork and Larson, you just compound upon this. Mm-hmm. And I and I like all of them, to be honest with you. But this one here, kind of, you know, this one really encompasses the heist because mm-hmm. the one thing you're trying. With any heist, you know, the gone in 60 seconds uh, or your, you know, your maverick Western story where you're, you know, trying to rob a casino uh, riverboat. Oh, you, yeah. <laughs> you another great movie, by the way, <laughs> you are trying not to get attention while doing. So this new rule is called heat during the planning and leadwork stages, uh, particularly unlucky crews can generate heat. And heat is a measure of how much attention the characters draw upon themselves while going through the business of planning their heist and executing the legwork. The attention can come from law, from the intended target, from another crew of thieves, 
or from anywhere you feel might make narrative sense as a GM. <laughs> and it's an interesting mechanic, homie. You want to explain it? Yeah. All right. So this mechanic is they can generate heat on unlucky rolls. So during the planning and legwork phases, um, when they're making those skill checks, when they generate a despair on a skill check, you can, as a GM, give them one point of heat um, when they uh, generate a, when they have a despair, when that comes up. Um, and then their life will become increasingly more difficult and their luck will start to run out and their plans will start to unravel. Um, and then there are, um, there are a couple of different ways as the, as the heist progresses for you to spend that heat on them. Um, one way is you can burn the characters or you can have them attract the wrong kind of attention. So, uh, What's the first kind? What does getting burned with heat mean? (laughs) Describe characters with heat. Find out real quick that word word travels fast when you're in trouble. So contacts become scarce. Uh, They want more for their services. You know, if you need that particularly sensitive or uh, you know plans of the building, uh, that could be cause some some problems uh, to get it. Uh, family and friends can keep them uh, at arm's length because they don't want to uh, to get into trouble either, etc. So to reflect these extra complications, uh, you can you may spend a PC's heat uh, whenever they make a check. So for each point of heat spent, upgrade the difficulty on the check once. So you may not though upgrade you may not upgrade a single check more than three times using heat. So maximum oh. three points. But still, that's wow. three, three upgrades without story points. Just flip them with these heat points. Yeah, so you're basically banking the despairs that they've rolled in those yeah. first couple stages. That's effectively what heat is doing for you. Just so codifying it and a way to crack it. That's it. Something. They, they do give some examples. Uh, well, uh, do you want to take a, the next paragraph, Tony? Sure. Uh, are you talking about the uh, examples of how to spend the uh, spend yeah, the heat? Well, yeah. Then they go result of spending heat. Right yeah. on. Some of the results. Um, so, you know, if your characters have generated heat, they're drawing attention, like said. Um, and what kind of attention uh, is really up to you as a GM. But they have suggestions here uh, on how to spend them uh, to keep it... Um, proportionate to the amount uh and that's like if you're spending one heat a couple of cops in a squad car um cruise by to check for suspicious behavior they're not specifically looking but maybe a a, a someone called in a seeing suspicious activity um the care or your character's credit card gets flagged for suspicious suspicious activity god damn i can't say that word um <laughs> <laughs> but right. either way, I mean, it's, it's just the tiniest little bit. And it ranges, you know, one heat, two heat, 
it goes up all the way to right. five. And yeah. we're not going to get into each individual one. But well, I mean, spending five, that, spending spending those three heat, like if you want to spend like all three on like a check, that's when the cops are like actively looking for them. The, their bank accounts are frozen just to kind of give you a level. Right. right. That's like yep. some serious stuff. You're like, oh, crap. <laughs> Five is like the federal government's called in. Corporate assassins have been dispatched <laughs> on your trail. Uh, all your assets are seized. You know, your family, entire family has been kidnapped. Um, your name is plastered all over news media. You know, those kinds of things. That's five being spent at once. Um, yep. And if you generated five despairs as an individual... In your or as a, even as a group, even as a group, right? <laughs> as I mean, an individual though. God, even as an sorry. individual, dude. You're you're definitely playing. It's definitely Daryl is playing with you. If <laughs> that would be, yeah. Despair Daryl. You definitely don't want Daryl to be part of your team. No, <laughs> one of his characters. <laughs> but the heat isn't permanent. Nope. It does something at the end, there, homie. What's it do? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, heat. Can yeah, I mean, you can cool off. I mean, you can jump in an ice bath, right? And you can cool off. But with this, you would want to kind of, you know, um, work it off in some way. Um, you can. You, it's. Uh, you you may want to. Um, you might know a crooked judge who may clear the record for you. You know. Um, you. Uh, there might be a favor that you could that you could use to maybe cool off, um, to let the heat cool off, or work it off in some way, or maybe just kind of lay low for a while, right? Yeah. Um, more than anything, I think laying low would probably be your best bet for that cool. But what yeah, do you do you, until then? Right. You could owe like a big favor if it's some uh -huh. yeah, lots of lots of heat. So if you're using exactly. the uh, Shadow of the Beanstalk uh, favor mm -hmm. uh, mechanism, that's a great way to to use that as well. And yeah. if you and if you do have a character like uh, or a player like uh, Daryl, you make him the scapegoat. You make him the scapegoat. So even <laughs> if he generates, go go, you attract all the attention. That's what your job is. So you're not actually going to in in the building to retrieve the diamond. No no no, you're just outside as a distraction <laughs> nice nice act suspicious please yes here's a dark trench coat and uh <laughs> right and then there is there i mean there is a there is a sidebar here on page 111 it's important um, it is very important that says the limits of heat um so you just got to keep in mind that this heat it's it's more of like the general static view of kind of what's going on in the in the heist what's kind of going on but i don't know there's something there's some things where you do like completely illegal that like heat it just really doesn't matter where you got heat if you like shoot somebody in the face um mm -hmm. uh, wipe out a corporate hit squad um getting a sh getting in a shootout outside of that bank right with the cops yeah whatever it doesn't throw heat out the window yeah you guys are screwed you guys are yeah fucked, right I mean, told, yeah it's True story. There's appropriate now. level. Appropriate level of, yeah. Response. Trouble. Yeah. True story. Game yeah. from the past here. Um, I ran a, um, a heist way back when in the cyberpunk setting, um, with Cyberpunk 2020, um, and 
uh, I was kind of using a similar mechanic when they would roll and they'd have a failed check. I would add a complication okay. that was very similar to adding heat um, in their legwork. And they did all that and everything, and they had their heist planned, and they went on their heist, and in one of the characters had an extreme hatred for cops. It was part of his thing. Oh, no. Um, he was an ex-cop who got run out by crooked cops, so he had an extreme hatred for cops. <laughs> and one of the other guys had rolled some failure. Mm -hmm. And uh, so while the one dude was just supposed to be hanging out at a pizza shop across the way eating pizza uh, as a lookout. Is um, that the guy that hated cops? That's the guy that hated cops. Oh, a no, police he... car pulled up between him and the place they were supposed to be robbing and parked in front of him. Oh, so he what couldn't a, what see. A great, what a great dick GM would do. I'm so proud, Tony. I'm so proud so of he, you. So he proceeded to go out. <laughs> Walked right out into broad, uh, broad, not broad daylight. It was cyberpunk, so it was at night. It was raining. Great. He walks right out there, knocks on the cop's window with snow. a cigarette, like, I need a light. And the cop rolls the window down, and he shoots him point blank in the head. What oh. the hell? <laughs> and from there, the whole thing yeah. is like, okay, I don't care how many failures you guys rolled before. This just kicked it off. <laughs> well, yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, the cop's wearing a heart monitor and... And he had a, a, a helmet cam that uh, caught the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah That's what just... I mean by, you know, the, the limit that surpassed the limit of the heat mechanic. And certainly that oh, was yes. where the whole thing just kicked off and they all right. ended up in prison smocks at the end of it all, I think. But it was fun. That's great. <laughs> that is great. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and that kind of reminds me a little bit like, they mentioned in legwork and larceny not to become adversarial as a GM, but I think you know, keeping this in mind and maybe even working with the players when they generate despairs or or failures and stuff, work with them. Maybe they can have some great ideas on how to complicate their own heist. But if they don't want to work yeah. with you, pay attention no. to their yeah. motivations. Is what I'm saying because yeah. this is. This whole thing was from me just watching, okay, this guy has a hatred of cops, so I'll put one right between him and the, mm -hmm. you know, and, and of course he reacted like uh, any player would, playing his character to the hilt. <laughs> yeah. And I loved it. It was yeah. great. Um, yeah, yeah. It added flaws. <laughs> yeah, make sure you know, make sure you know the flaws and, and the fears of, of, the, of the PCs and uh, even make desires. a note of them. And strengths well, too. Desires because, and strengths too. Because you, those you, can be used against them too. Well, that's, that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If the desire is fame. It's like, but you know, a heist. You don't. You're not supposed to be famous, <laughs> ideally. But if they're high, they want to be famous. It's like, hey, no, <laughs> well, baby, no. You bring the camera crews. <laughs> that's right. Camera crews are there. Well, now that they're here, if it's futuristic, let's make the best of it. <laughs> right, like futuristic. You know, that's good. Like that. So you always have Modern camera drones all over the place. Right. <laughs> but if you do all this and you do it right, running a, a one shot particularly, or even as part of a larger campaign, oh, really can run a heist toned evening of yes. just fun. Uh, yes. And again, Shadow the Beanstalk is great for it. Yeah. Um, but you can run any. The great thing about Genesis is you can run any setting. Oh yeah, yeah. You could do this uh, in any setting. 
Well, that's it. Now, heist, like like we said before, it can be in any setting. You know, uh, even a dungeon crawl is a kind of uh, of heist in, in a way. Man, in many dungeon crawls. Mm-hmm. Right on. Now, moving uh, on to noir. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you know, noir has not so much of a list of things that it's about, but more of a list of things the way it feels. Yes, uh, it was it's dark and stormy. It's about the feel of <laughs> a noir tone. There's and, also uh, an attitude there for some of the NPCs, an attitude you can have, and an expectation for things, too. And uh, there's there's elements to it that are key as a, as a GM that uh, we'll get into here. So, But first of all, I just want to say that noir is... Uh, it's part attitude, it's part atmosphere. Uh, it has similar traits to the pulp tone. Um, we talked about pulp before. You know, Chris was talking about it earlier with Eberron. The, but those elements, instead of the pulp being, you know, high action, this is more dark. It's more gritty. It's more cynical. Uh, it fits the hard-boiled crime stories of, you know, like you said, it's a dark and stormy night. Yeah, the, yeah, the right. 1920s. Uh, it it reminds me of uh, there's a couple of little cartoons of Calvin and Hobbes, where the uh, cartoonist, oh, yeah. uh, where Calvin pretends to be uh, like a noir detective, and he right. has a great line sometimes where he says, for example, uh, the dame wanted to, to start talking about philosophy, so I pulled out my my friend, a friend of mine who's close to my heart, actually a little bit to the left and close to my heart, which is his gun. Um, he, he, and, and he made three eloquent statements. Bang, bam, bam. And I left the room. You know, I, I always leave the room when the talk gets philosophical. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah. That's um, funny. A lot of the, a uh, lot of the films that came out of Hollywood mm-hmm. in the first half of the 20th century were noir stories. Um, you know, your yep. case of the Maltese Falcon, your Dick Tracy, um, mm-hmm. just about every Humphrey Bogart film yeah. uh, done in the thirties. Also Blanca. That Perry Mason, that Perry Mason show I was just telling you guys about on, on uh, HBO max. That's done in, that's set in the thirties. Yeah. And, and I'll the, tell you the important, the important word, I think you have the dark and gritty, but the cynicism, it's cynical. You, that's, a, that's a very important word and theme and tone that gets lost, I think, you know, in this noir. A key word to use as a GM and a key element to use in this uh, tone, and I'll get into it in a bit, but it's the word and the, the element is betrayal. There will be, instead of twists, there will be betrayals throughout uh, your story. And uh, things are never what they seem. You're Max Headroom, dude. Yeah, a little bit. What was that? Repeat it. Yeah, say it one more time, Stefan. Sorry, I said that uh, nothing is what it seems. Even the. The lovely dame that hires you, she turns out to be you know, in league with uh, one of the main batches. So innocent, after all. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so why do we want to use noir? I mean, it sounds dark. It sounds mm-hmm. cynical. 
sounds like you're going to get betrayed. Who right. wants to play in that kind of story? Well, it's instantly recognizable. It's familiar. And you can say, hey, do you want to play in this? And people will go like, nah, not so much. <laughs> and you'll know right away whether people will be interested in it or not. That's yeah, one but way. If, but the if other you've way, got a small group, I think it's best uh-huh. in small groups. Yeah. And you want to make someone who doesn't normally get the spotlight the center of the story. A great way to entice that player is to say, your character's going to be central. If you make a character that is the protagonist, and yeah. then the other guys make your cohorts, yeah. um, you're going to get spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> Whether, you know, if there's someone who wants it and doesn't normally get it, that's a great chance to give them for a one shot the, you know, this is all about you as a that's player. Right. That's right. Yeah. Another um, another reason why to use noir is if you want to run that dark and gritty game, tough realism for a night or whatever, one shot. That's another reason why you want to run it too. Um, yeah, and and this last sentence here under the why thing, I I like that. It says like using the noir elements imparts a certain amount of danger and dread wrapped into the dim lighting of a tough place to visit or live. Yeah. And that tough place to visit or live is key as well, you know, yeah. in a noir well, too. Well, my favorite uh, series of novels, The Dresden Files, is pretty much almost almost every novel uh, mm-hmm. is a kind of noir story. A little oh, bit yeah. different theme. But the, you've got the main character. He's... he's uh, He's hired for something, or at least told to do something, or he has to do something. He's oftentimes in the dark. Uh, people are told tell him one thing. He finds out it's totally different. Even one story where he's he seems to be hired just to protect some people from a curse seems to be straightforward. He finds out all kinds of plot twists, uh, and it's hilarious because the premise is that he's he's hired to protect the uh, the people around this uh, movie producer. And he's a movie producer of uh, adult films. <laughs> so, of course, some people around him are getting killed, and he wants to protect them. So <laughs> he has to be uh, has to pretend to be a stagehand on an adult film studio. <laughs> All that kind of situations. But, you know, again, the betrayals, the, uh, the intrigue, finding out that, oh, the bad guy is actually not the bad guy uh, that he thought initially. It's the other person. So... Uh, it's a great series of novels if you want some ideas there as well for noir, uh, even though it's not always in a rainy, dark city uh, like Sin City. Uh, it's in Chicago. It mixes you know, uh, magic and supernatural stuff in modern-day Chicago. Nice. Cool. cool. Yeah, those are great books. Those are, and exactly, they fit the noir tone perfectly. It, and yeah. I've, read some, I've read some of them myself, so... Um, oh, but Steph, I, you want to get into the rest of the themes in noir? Because the theme, there's more yeah. to it than just dark and stormy night. Well, exactly. Well, the <laughs> themes in noir, as they say, well, so crime stories are the most typical ones. So uh, variations on the murders, the kidnapping, thefts, uh, and gangs are common. 
so it fits very well into some uh, some pulp and mystery tones as well. So you can combine them. So a noir pulpy setting, you know, Eberron and noir. So could have a little bit of noir uh, situation in Eberron, for example. Uh, so you don't, and, and uh, so you, well, you don't need to adhere to every little stereotype or trope. Uh, it's nice to include enough of them to uh, to sell the settings, so, you know, like the the damsel in distress and the ugly goon and so so forth. Uh, otherwise, yeah, like they say, you might as well select another tone. So private detectives, police officers, government agents with you know who are tough and self-destructive, uh, who are you know, self-destructive vices uh, are common elements. Uh, anti-heroes, uh, though not necessarily a detective. The anti-hero could be a surgeon who, do, you know, who doesn't let the, who who might let bad people you know, from organized crime die on the operating table, even though he's sworn to to save people, or a, or a parent who will do anything to save their uh, their kids, to get them out of a local crime syndicate. Uh, could be a, even a young member of a crime family who uh, who wants to mend their ways and, uh, and now is working from the inside as an informant. So whatever your, your, the background of the anti-hero, you know, uh, Yeah, or unlikely. Yeah, you're. Uh, sorry, re let me rephrase that. So, whatever their background, your anti-hero anti-hero will most likely be one of the player characters, and they will, of course, have a central role in the story, like you were mentioning earlier. Right. Totally. That's what I was talking about earlier. So yeah. That's going to be one of your players. That's the the key to yeah. this solving this puzzle. That's it. The other characters will be there. Yes, as as assisting and uh, maybe secondary characters but still important to the story but it's that one who's the linchpin so uh, and another theme is that you know, it's never easy uh, there's always bad luck uh, you know even the even the lucky breaks are uh, are mired with you know uh, un unexpected difficulties and uh, you've got some extremes no one is just rich um uh, anyone who appears rich might be faking it uh, losing their wealth or about to meet a sudden and dismal end dun, dun, dun. lottery winner had a heart attack <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the one of the final uh, themes they say that uh there's always a clear goal rescue someone in distress recover a stolen item find a loved one etc uh, the goal is easy to see but the path of to it is never simple. You know, there's always twists. Uh, there are different levels of betrayal. The rewards sometimes are just basic and hardly life-changing. So, you know, like the story with uh, Harry Dresden, sometimes he manages to save the day, but he he doesn't get paid. Uh, at the end of it, he loses the money, or uh, he just scrapes by and doesn't get in, locked up in jail, at least. Uh, <laughs> But he's still alive to live another day and still cast spells. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was one thing that, that kind of stood out to me as I was reading this. I'm like, the rewards are usually mm -hmm. basic and hardly life-changing. Like, yeah. wow, yeah, that's not like I'm going to find a big big pot of gold in the 
in the in the no. uh, dragon's lair or anything there. You know, it's just. Oh, that's it. All right. Well, I'm gonna get my next meal. You know, maybe that's the reward. Hey, I'm gonna get my next meal. Yeah, you get right? you get to pay rent. You know, the retainer yeah, you got initially yeah. uh, by the damsel in distress. That's all the money you got. Fortunately, that's all the right. rest of the money. That's right. She ended up uh, being the bad guy or part of it and uh, betrayed you and. Money's gone, <laughs> but right. you lock. You managed to win the day and lock up the uh, the bad bo- the bad boys. Right on. So, how do we as GMs kind of capture this tone? How do we encapsulate it? Um, Go ahead. And uh, in a with a noir themed game, it's all about those background elements as a GM when you're describing everything. Um, your descriptions. Your weather is always going to be dreary. <clears throat> Uh, mist and fog are unusually common. Um, you know, you're thinking London, uh, those the story of Jack the Ripper. You want, you know, the story of Jack the Ripper can't be told without London and the foggy, dark nights in the very seedy parts of town where the lights only work in the place where they're going to highlight an event. Um, those kinds of things. Some of the Sherlock Holmes um, movies can be noir. Of course they are. They're a detective story. Um, yeah. But when there's lighting, it's always for dramatic purpose. When there's when there's darkness, it's pervasive. It's in everything. Um, and likewise, when there are bad parts of town, they're always ramshackle and run down. And in contrast, when you have high society, uh, well-to-do people, they're always extravagant their vices are extravagant they're over the top um so Mm. you know their clothes and their mansions and their vehicles it's all about show because i gotta show i have the money Um, it's brighter you may want to mention that it is brighter there are more lights in here you know yeah yeah exactly um yeah the bright art deco club or mansion with lots of marble and gold and, uh, and satin and stuff uh, just to contrast the nitty gritty maybe of the poor section of town where the murder took place right on uh yeah and all those things give you that vision in your head of a dark story and kind of drag players into that um, so you want to use that as much as possible in your descriptors then there's also uh the type of story that you're going to tell and that is uh, criminal acts and elements um in the case of your adventure you're going to spend some time figuring out the crime and the reason for its occurrence uh and including the perpetrator's motives and expectations long before you ever put this on the table you'll want to have that stuff um using the mystery tones found in uh, the Genesis Core rulebook for more ideas on how to set up a detailed mystery will help your noir tone as well. Um, but you figure out your how to interconnect and interweave your players' characters into an existing mystery, um, and that drags them into it. Um, they will like a classic. A classic way. A classic way would be. The victim is a relative, or you know, or that you know something. That along damsel in distress walked into your office. Yep. yep. Um, or and that does not have to be. That is a general gender neutral term when I say damsel. Mm-hmm. 
um, it can be, you know, a, a man too that walks into your office in distress. Yeah. Um, most or assuredly. Or a droid with a, a holographic message. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Uh, Where you might be her only hope, right? Yes. <laughs> or his only hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or likewise, if your uh, if your player if your story isn't a mystery, uh, then it's likely the PCs are pursuing a specific item or person, and this can be adding this te- this could be more about adding the, the the theme or the tone to an existing campaign, and you want a noir kind of adventure for a group that doesn't normally go on these types of adventures and it would be a great change of tone for your game then you'll want to uh, you know you want to have them hired by somebody else and um, or maybe they're doing it for money or favors on their own uh, or maybe they're being blackmailed um, but the reason for their pursuit has to be kind of um, genuine and upfront uh but anyhow uh of course any clue or dialogue that could be a red herring is important too so when you're doing um social encounters or revealing clues throughout here you want to throw in a few just non sequitur um lines that your players are going to snap onto and <laughs> follow this little information trail into nothingness because that'll if they follow it to a dead end that kind of reinforces that bleak ah, crap we've we wasted all this energy That's um, right. going down that dead end uh and makes them it, it kind of gives them that sense of uh this just so much harder than it needs to be that gives it that noir tone um and then likewise um npcs should have a reason for betraying uh, the players a betrayal should be there you know um it, they happen often and they should be they should have a reason for it and sometimes that reason is is one that the players may actually sympathize with a great way to um really give them a dynamic um npc that they love and have that npc betray them for reasons that they agree with and it really pulls them in multiple directions Mm-hmm. And tugs on that noir theme again of of betrayal. Um, yeah, there, got anything there, else there, to add, guys, to that that you want to add? Maybe I just thought of while you were talking uh, a noir film that's in a way noir, but uh, kind of turned on its head. Where of course the femme fatale ha- is gorgeous, the bad guys look nasty, uh, the the. the the hero, the detective, has all these flaws and uh, tolerances, and the the person who's kind of uh, in the middle of it, uh, who hires the, uh, the detective, is a kind of clueless. Is who framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Uh, yeah. I was I was going to say, is it who framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> yeah, that's kind that's of great. noir. She's not but, beautiful. You know, she's just drawn that way. No, that she's way. not naughty. No? She's just drawn. <laughs> she's not bad. She's just drawn that way. That's, that's what, sorry. It. That's right. Right. <laughs> it, it is. It, it has many noir elements. You know. Oh, you oh, think definitely. the bad guys one of the and oh no, it turns out to be a totally different character. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Sorry, yeah. Stefan. Oh. You went all headroom again. You went my oh, max headroom a little bit on there. Uh, <laughs> I heard pleasure bourbon. That's right. <laughs> the Canadian hamsters. You need to feed your Canadian hamsters way out there. Right, um, the one right. thing I wanted to add was, um, again, um, they do mention it here, kind of at the at the end here about those about those major characters, man, being cynical of those of the situations that you're in and just have those maybe if you have some of those like quotes or something kind of come up with if you can just some cynical things that they could say kind of pull on the yeah. negative sides of the thing to remind to remind your pcs you know just how shitty the world is and like well, oh definitely. man it's not so bad but yeah it kind like, of is and, and <laughs> like calvin's, calvin's character tracer bullet he talks about i got two magnums in my drawer one of them I keep loaded. The other one keeps me loaded. Wow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, homie. As as we did last time, we're going to let you uh, pluck out the new rule. So what's the, the oh, new rule they give us here, bud? Oh, this new rule. I like this new rule. This is the internal monologue that everybody <laughs> talks about. You know, you've got it typically, you know, it's narrated by the main character. You know, she knows it. it's a dark, dreary night like it always is, but. It's getting brightened up a little bit when she walked in. She was dressed in red. She looked like a cartoon. She was yeah. bad, but she was just drawn that way. You know, those kinds of things, right? You kind of have the internal <laughs> monologue going. You want to say that to yours. But the thing is, there's a mechanic that they've <laughs> attached to it, which is great. Yeah, so legs. Once... She had legs that didn't quit. And uh... <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So, um, So once per encounter... A player may narrate their PC's internal monologue to reveal to the GM and to the group what their PC is currently thinking, what their plan of action is for the remainder of the encounter, and what the reasoning behind their action is. If they do it, they'll heal three strain, up to three strain, to what they're suffering. So it's like you could go into it's like, all right, here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna activate. I'm gonna do my internal monologue, and my character is basically thinking. All right, so this we're in this dark alley, and my buddies and I just got jumped by these thugs. I know they want to murder them all, but I think I should probably knock out one of them because we need information. So you know, I mean, it's one of the you know you could just kind of go through, and it a, could just be just like that, right? But this yeah. is also, I mean, this is a great mechanic that I think was just hidden, tucked away in this little corner of the of the book that I could I could totally see being used in all kinds of yeah. different games yes when your players um when you as a player are like hey i really want to kind of just give this from my player's perspective and yeah, if you have a player that does that where they just want to go well what my players thinking here gm because i hear it from one of my players all the time well what my players thinking here or what my character's thinking here? Mm-hmm. I hear that from one of my players all the time. Well, what my character's thinking here? Well, GM, stop him at yeah. that moment and go, okay, give Instead me your internal that, monologue. Yeah, your voice, yeah. your character. And I will reward you at the end. Right. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the noir style, but it's like, yeah, what? give me a monologue. What is he telling himself or herself or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's awesome. <laughs> you know, what's the internal monologue going? And if it's five different voices and you really need to try and pick one, okay, 
That'd be great. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That would be awesome. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I, <laughs> this is this I could truly see, what they're hearing. They're hearing four different voices. <laughs> I, awesome. I, I could see, let's say, in a situation, uh, a character doing an internal monologue, like uh, like the sort of sidekick character to Ant Man. You know, the the uh, <laughs> guy. I forget the name, the actor's name, but uh, he's, oh, he's Hispanic, yes, Hispanic. Yes, and when I he talks true. about yeah. Talking about the situation, all the other characters sort of mouth they, they the words the same yeah. way. Yeah, they yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah so good. it's not. So let's see. So it's so it's not three st- strain they're suffering. It's four strain. Bob, by the way, uh, they heal three strain <laughs> that they're suffering. They oh, I know four strain. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, nice. Anyways. So there you go. So is, those that are the it? Two, is that it? Is that what we yeah. have? Those, those are the two Pretty themes. Yeah, that is. That's that's it. about all. Heist yeah. and noir. Heist and noir. And yeah, two, pretty... two two tones that could be probably combined sometimes uh, once in a while too. Get a, very, a much, dark, very much. A dark heist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, you can totally do it. Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, mystery and noir are those kind of go hand in hand. Most That's, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, since a thing like the criminal element could be uh, involved, so a heist could be uh, involved in a, in a noir. Mm-hmm. Things when, when things go bad, they yep. really go bad. <laughs> yeah. You could do a horror noir. I, th- I just watched uh, Penny Dreadful, that series. That's more of a horror noir kind of feel, Victorian age mm-hmm. England, you know? Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> so there you go. That was our segment, uh, the books of Genesis. If you had any other ideas or comments, uh, we invite them. Uh, you know, you can contact us. Please do. If you had any other uh, feedback on, uh, if we missed anything, let us know. So, repeat. All right. Um, all right. So, welcome to Advantageous Threats. This is where we uh, build, roll, narrate results from some sample skill checks for your entertainment and ours, most definitely. Hopefully, for your entertainment. Hopefully, you all are enjoying these. Um, so, we'll get right into it. Our announcer wants to talk because welcome back to day three of the Lumberjack Multi-Universe Championship from Zal, everybody. Can the underdog Rain win the next two events to pull into the tie going into the Axe Melee, or will Maple, our legacy hatchet, be able to go into the Max Melee knowing he will be the winner of this competition? I don't know about you, Big Joe, but uh, let's get ready to Lumberjack! Though I do have one question. For our hatchets, if you don't mind, um, flapjacks or waffles, and why maple? Oh, I'm particular to French toast, no? That wasn't a, one of the answers, but okay. That's okay. Be difficult as long as it's covered in maple syrup, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is true, and you, yeah, I guess you being from Canadian, you would want. French toast. Yes, Rain, you. Question to you. Flapjacks or waffles? And why? 
Oh, I prefer uh, the waffles much, much, much over uh, the pancakes or the flapjacks because we make them instead of squares, we make them in hexagon pieces. Remind, remind us of the the hive, and then we fill them up with honey. Uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, excellent, excellent. Okay, so we are we have gone through the first three first two days of the champion of this uh, the competition here. Um, we've gone through six events, uh, the standing block chop, the single buck, the speed climbing, the springboard chop, the double bit axe throw. And we ended last session, yesterday's competition with the log rolling. Um, and like I said, uh, Maple is leading four events to reigns two events. And we're going to start with uh, event number seven called the underhand chop where our two competitors uh, use a five pound single bit ax to chop through a horizontal aspen log. That's 12 inches in diameter and 28 inches long while they stand on top of it, basically chopping down underhandedly. That's why we call it the underhand ax chop. Um, so what we're going to need from you all is a coordination check first to Keep your balance on the thing. And then we'll need that melee heavy check to see if you actually chop through the log efficiently or not. And because of the triumphs or I guess the um, triumphs and the advantages uh, generated from yesterday's competition, a couple of you uh, have, or I should say, setback dice one of you has a setback die uh maple has a setback die on his first check here and rain does have a free upgrade on his uh first check of the day so I'd like you all to make an average coordination check and we we do have three story points in the mm. player's pool to start off with good so i'll be starting uh and i'll be first playing Oh, uh, okay. So I've got, I'm a little worn out from yesterday, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I come into this competition as a legacy, and I am going to win it. So I am highly motivated. I'm spending a story point. Um, nice. And uh, that's an average check, you said, correct? It is average, yes. All right. So uh, I'm ready. Are you ready? I've got a yellow, a green. Purple, purple, black. Looks good to me. Whoa, yeah. All right. So I got one success, two threats, and a triumph. Ho, ho. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> All right. So um, what I'd like to do with my, uh, uh, my triumph is I would I like to um, have previously messed with the log oh. that um, Rain here is going to be uh, standing on. Awesome. And I, yeah. I, I, I may have stuck a, like, accidentally splashed a little bit of uh, saw grease on it. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to upgrade his check. Oh, so he's going to get an upgrade... <laughs> For the good and an upgrade for the bad. Oh, that's awesome. 
Now, those two threat, though. We are going to put those two threat in the... I would say maybe uh, he feels bad. We're gonna maybe do. cheating a little bit and uh, could be a setback on his melee uh, check <laughs> in his next check. <laughs> yeah, I could. I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking it might. Um, but actually, I think what we'll do is we'll kind of bank those and it'll kind of count against your, we'll add those to your advantages that you may generate on your on your um on your melee uh, you know your melee heavy attack right ah. to kind of cancel out just in case maybe somebody saw you do it and if there's and if it comes down to a tie that might kind of count against you maybe you know what i mean oh okay right. if you will that's kind of what i was what i'm thinking so i'll just make a note in my all right notes here that you do have two threat just okay I'll try and use it that way. This is a new way of me using those threat. Just see if it matters. I don't know. Sure. We'll wait. Just because, yeah. just because of the way you used your mm-hmm. your triumph, kind of you're cheating. You know, a legacy <laughs> cheating. What? what well, no, no, it was an accident, accidental splash. It's accidentally <laughs> did it on purpose. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not, all right. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Go ahead. Let's see your let's see your coordination there. All right. So I started with two yellow and a green. Got a automatic free upgrade so that makes it three yellow yep and average with an upgrade from my opponent of course so it makes it a red and a and a purple all right so there we go so that's and no i'm not going to spend a story point yet so i'll just roll the dice go for it oh no he did not succeed (laughs) but an advantage and a triumph yeah, the um, actually the um, that little bit of grease, that little bit of saw grease that he put on there is what basically um was the difference for you, man. He didn't generate any because there were two two failures <laughs> on that red dice. So on that red die, okay. Cancel you have an up. advantage and a triumph. How would you like to spend those? Well, what so you're so so, so it's coordinating. So so this is the coordination check. So you're right. so you are so your lack of successes it means you're kind of you're kind of uh, you know floundering a little bit. You're kind of it's hard for you to keep your balance on it right now. But Maple seems pretty steady on the other side. So yeah, maybe <laughs> could just recover a strain that I've got. But you know, okay. what are the one of the ideas that notice a single important point in the ongoing conflict. Uh, maybe I just got an idea that perhaps someone with antlers was responsible for this grease being here. But uh, there's other people with antlers. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure. But I suspect. <laughs> okay. All maybe right. Part of his. <laughs> and the triumph. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know how I. Maybe you're, maybe you're, maybe you're falling, and maybe you're kind of leaned over on in such a way where you're kind of leaning to one end. You are, it kind of gives you a better, a better, a better angle, um, so it improves your check. So maybe, maybe you upgrade your. Another upgrade, yeah. No, no, okay. No, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll like that. I'll uh, take the uh, the upgrade on my okay. next check. All right, Tony. 
what is maple or maple? Let's see your average melee heavy now to see. All right. So this is average. Um, I uh, I'm going to aim. Ah, so I have the balance to do so. You and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What the heck? Here we go. Am I happy with my check? Are you happy, Jim? I believe so. Can't see it, but that's all good. Oh, okay. So my three, uh, positive, my four positive dice, two negative dice resulted me with zero successes, two advantage. So, I'm assuming the GM's going to spend my two threat previously to cancel my advantage and make it a wash. It is going to be a wash. <laughs> yeah, we will wash those out. Which leaves uh -huh. you with one success, a triumph, and zero, um, zero advantage for this event now. So right. coming through, coming through. Let's see if the see if the bug can catch up. All right. So I, so he's got with his free upgrade now three. Uh, uh, oh no, not three yellow. Uh, two yellow and a green. That's his two free upgrade. Melee heavy. Mm -hmm. Because it's two yellow with a free upgrade and a green, two purple, and I'm going to double. And seeing that uh, you know his friend, uh, his friend, but his rival is floundering a little bit, that may give him a little bit of courage or a little oomph. And uh, he's going to I'll uh, spend a story point because yeah, he's he's sort of seeing that Maple is uh, having some difficulty there, and that kind of encourages him that maybe he can pull up ahead. A Hopefully a victory out of this. Okay. All right. Ooh. Three successes. A threat and a triumph. You can lay uh, off the triumph, all right? Jeez, you've had one on every roll. <laughs> he, he has. <laughs> Holy crap. There's only two out of two rolls. That is true. <laughs> uh, I wow. can scroll down and see the previous session there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, though you see, so so you see, um, you see Maple kind of getting ready. He's he's kind of. It looks like he Maple was getting into a really good rhythm, and you were kind of as you were kind of looking over there. You slid a little bit. You noticed the the sawdust yeah. grease on your. You're like, oh, only an antler could have done that. Somebody with an antler could have sprayed it that far, and then it just in you know just infuriates you. You're, and then. You're just seeing these wood chips just go either way, left and right, and left and right, and you kind of pull just a little, a little bit in one of your one of your knees. So take a take a strain for that for that one threat. But uh, what do you like to do with that triumph as you win this event? A lot of people cheer uh, for the under. He, uh, he manages to. Uh... To score some uh, some really good hits that do a lot of uh, bite deeply into this log, and okay. uh, he pulls ahead. Um, you know, just uh, it discourages a little bit uh, uh, Maple, seeing that maybe you know uh, maybe he shouldn't have done something like that to uh, to his rival. It wasn't very honorable. So upgrade the difficulty of his next check. Oh. <laughs> Conscience. He's getting an attack of yeah. conscience. Yes, they're attacking his conscience. Because <laughs> uh, even though Rain was having a little shaky start because he slid and stuff, like, no, no, 
still manages to to pull through. Mm-hmm. Puts one of his forearms down and catches himself, yeah. right? And, and at the end of the competition, of course, you know, says, that was a very valiant try. Congratulations. He, he, I mean, he extends one of his mandibles to shake. Apparently, this is a custom of people with fingers. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did a very good job. I'm sorry for my careless use of my saw grease. Oh, was that you? Oh, It was perhaps an accident on my part. Oh, okay. Uh, I will be more careful next time. Very good. (laughs) All right. As as he stands on the podium, shaking his mandibles. Nice. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) All right. So um, so then we're going to move on to the next event, event number eight called boom running so what this is this is basically going to be a two phase run it's a head-to-head run across the pond that has that has a that has like the log rolling logs chained together um kind of across the pond to like a competition station you're going to circle the competition station then come back across the pond so going to need two coordination checks, one to go that way, and the other, the second check to come back. Whoever has the most successes, triumphs, advantages will win this event. And then we'll start with Rain doing the first check here. So the first coordination check. Or, you know what, or you both get, you know what, you know what, why don't you do this? Build both your pools up. Um. Yeah, no. Yeah, you do. You do yours, I guess. How are you on? Um, but you know what? Let's do this. Let's do this. Um, go ahead and do your your coordination check, but upgrade it once because I'm going to spend a story point to upgrade you both going out that way. Oh, oh okay. So. Uh, I'm... Wonderful. Yeah, you're right. breaking up speed. Uh, so I've got one red, one purple, two yellow, and a green. Okay. Good. All right. Sounds good to me. Uh, all right. So I'm not going to upgrade. Uh, I'm just going to go for it. Ooh. No triumph, though, this time. Two success. Could you spend <laughs> one of those stories? Go ahead and spend one of those story points for me there, Steph, and I still can't spend them. So. Oh, All right. Two successes, two advantages. Nice. Okay. So may, may, making this uh, check uh, on the boom running, uh, he's getting a good rhythm. It'll give himself a, uh, a boost dice on his next uh, coordination check. A boost eye in his next coordination check. Yeah, your your audio's kind of going out a little bit again. So, okay, sorry. Okay. Yeah, so that's okay. He gets a good good rhythm and gives himself a boost eye. Awesome. All right, Maple. Were you upgrading my check as well? You said. Uh, yeah, I was gonna spend both of those story points so you guys have them to spend on your on your um run back for you both. So. Okay. Well, uh, average, average difficulty. So, all right. So I took care of that for you on that. I, I am, uh, motivated to, uh, beat him, 
with long <laughs> loping strides across the, there you go the log um so i'm going to upgrade myself nice uh so i'm at uh one yellow one green one red one purple and here it rolls um two oh, failures gonna... two advantage two failures two advantage okay Uh, so uh lots of slipping and sliding on the way out but maybe i've navigated the course well uh on for the way back and i'm gonna give myself a boost day on the way back sounds good to me okay stefan all right yes. stefan what do we have for rain coming back second coordination check so yeah you guys are coming your loping strides didn't quite you weren't quite get the start that you wanted but you looks like you might be catching up just a little bit all right, all right then go so we've got again uh two yellow a green two purple and a blue this time for my uh passing myself a dice and i'll spend a story point to upgrade okay okay so Three, three yellow. Uh, are you spending any GM? I am. I did have one to spend, so I will. There's always that chance of going into the water. I mean, come on now. You're running across a pond. A, <laughs> yep. All right. So instead, a red and a purple. There you okay. go. Woohoo! Six oh. success and oh. a threat. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh! Did he yeah. just scramble across there on all six limbs? That's pretty <laughs> much what he did, it would seem. <laughs> like a friggin' Popping, like, uh, like, a, like a cricket. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, take a take a strain for going down on all six. Instead yeah. of all fours, you're down on all six, just, <laughs> just motoring. motoring through. Motoring across. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. Oh, all right. I got mine set up. GM, are you affecting? Uh, I am going to be also continuing, like I said, with the really loping stride. So I'll be spending yep, a I'll player spend story point. Yep, I'll spend one. You know, water, potentially. All right. So we'll add a yellow and add a purple, or a red, sorry. So I'm at a yellow, green, red, purple, blue. Okay. And I was managed to keep up a little bit, but he just went past me, man, with my two just, two successes. Two successes, yeah, he smoked you. <laughs> For a second He's, there, we were neck and neck, and then he dropped on all six, and I went, what the heck? He <laughs> oh, you can do that. <laughs> Tabernacle! Yeah, you saw a path that was just, like, perfectly laid out. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Wow. Okay then. Um So that's an in, that's interesting. Uh yeah, so we have Rain um winning that event as well. So we do have a tie coming into the axe melee, which is dun, 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 whoever survives the axe melee cuz it's to the death. Um no. What? what? <laughs> no, actually. What you all see is after you guys, you know, you kind of, you kind of finish this up and, you know, long strides, you know, maple comes in going. 
and Rain is just kind of there, just standing, you know, just not breathing heavy at all. Just maybe <laughs> has his mandible up, waiting for you as he's waiting, right? Yeah. <laughs> you are very fleet of foot. <laughs> Yes, we're very we're very light on our little uh, little legs. Ah, but I hope you have the strength to swing your axe when this is all done. <laughs> Best of luck, my friend. Yes, you as well. And then, um, because the axe melee is more of a um, more of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of a, a climax to the events. So for the rest of the day, this is done in the morning. So for the rest of the day, you know, you guys have. You know, there's lunch and then there's other events. So you have the rest of the day to kind of relax a little bit. So later on in the later afternoon, you know, the axe melee kind of comes about. So what do you guys want to So then in the afternoon for lunch, do you have like your big, you know, French toast meal? French toast and sausages. (laughs) Someone mentioned mentioned waffles earlier. I'm looking for some... uh... Yeah, so you guys are served waffles and, you know, waffles and French toast and sausages, bacon, if you want. Oh, bacon, yes. It could be Canadian bacon, if you want to. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so um, are you telling us we get to recover strain for our afternoon of resting? (laughs) Yeah, if you guys want to recover all strain, recover all wounds. If I gave you any wounds, I don't know if I did or not. yeah, you guys can recover all your strain. And go into the go into the max the axe melee Fresh. recovered because what happens is with the axe melee, and Tony actually came up with this idea, which is pretty awesome. I actually like this a lot. Um, a boggler from local 404 comes out and kind of <laughs> sets up a um, a mental construct for the contestants here and. And typically what's done at these for the axe melees, it's typically themed for the um for the planet that the um that the tournament is held on, these axe melees are, these arenas are set up. So what would this arena look like um on Zal there, Stefan? I know you had created this this race. What did you have in mind for what this planet looked like? This for this uh, the uh, the boggler uh, from uh, Office 404. Uh, his name is Brett Brett Bowen. He uh, <laughs> he is going to set up the uh, scene as uh, the inside of a large large hive. Okay. Of termite kind of thing. so there's lots of tunnels overpasses at. Or here and there. Uh, so what you levels. so so when you so so what I'm picturing is you guys are kind of on this floor, and if you if your characters would look up, you would see maybe tunnels going overhead, and maybe tunnels yeah. in this in this in the walls. Maybe but, are there any like honeycombs? Maybe where the audiences are sitting in the honeycombs, maybe around. Or lots something? of that, that. Lots of uh, carved yeah seating all around. Okay. Uh, cool. Various stalagmites, stalactites with you know little uh, stone kind of bridges uh, going from one to pull there. And, uh, okay. Even some ramps going up where we we could probably even uh, move up and down. All right. Cool. So a little bit of environmental stuff too. All right. Yeah. Excellent. And lightning bugs. 
lightning bugs are floating around, spotlighting us. You know, they're moving around. You know. Nice. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, um, with this, I don't know if you can add another um, story point um, to the pool there. I was thinking, giving you guys um, two each, or okay. maybe we remove one. Just yeah, there we go. So it's two. So give. So one of you could be like the GM, I'll be, DM. I'll be the yeah, red. There you go. Okay. Oh, okay. So that there's your story point. So two each. Um, roll initiative. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Right. Oh. Yeah, I mean, we'll do that. We can hit. I guess I can hit start initiative rolls on the table. Yes, everybody, we are using RPG sessions, the game table on RPG sessions to do this. So thank you, the folks who've created that. I forgot who created that, but thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. All right. Cool. So Correct. Since we knew this was coming. Uh, yeah. Well, um, yeah. Cool or vigilance, whichever is better. It's okay. Whichever you guys, whichever is better for you guys. Oh, hang on then. Uh, He's a PC as well, so it'll both show up as PC. But doesn't matter. We'll still see who has a greater number of successes. Right. Yep. Yeah. So it looks like Maple will go first because he got two successes and an advantage. Rain got go. two successes, so yeah, all right, fine. All right. Well, let's do that. What's right, the Maple? distance we begin away from each other? Um, I'm gonna say that a that with the axe melee, um, you're gonna be short range because I'm picturing this being a kind of like an honorable dueling kind of situation where you guys come up, you knock your axes together, you take a step back, and you're pretty much at short range, kind of circling each other, doing what you're doing. Um, yeah, okay. okay. There you go. All right. Uh, do you have any uh, melee defense? Uh, do, no. Uh, do I? Uh, no, no defense. Mm. No defense. Don't know. Do you? <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, I, um, I have uh, two yellow, a green, and two purple. I'm going to go ahead and start big with a big overhead chop. Oh, uh, try and break his axe when he does his block. I know he's going to do. Oh, so by the I'm, way, let me add something there, just a, just a little something because it's um because it's a metal construct. This is you're gonna it's, you're gonna be hit on your strain instead of wounds because this is gonna be a a non-lethal combat. Right. So take wounds. Any damage you take is gonna go against your strain. Right. Right. Okay. Sorry, Tony. Didn't mean that. No, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, and we did determine that uh, we have the same similar axes, right? We both have the the, the starting axe because I don't have anything on a character here for weapons or anything. Uh, now you guys could just have a normal, um, a normal. Uh, I I would think just a normal axe. Yeah, I, okay. I kind of based it off of an axe, but I, just, I call it a, a mandible. <laughs> just, okay. <laughs> What's the damage it does? Because I don't have anything on character sheets. Um, I just have it as a plus four, crit two, and no other qualities. That works. Great. Yeah, okay. go ahead. That's perfect. LeBron plus four. Got it. All right. So uh, maybe two rounds worth. <laughs> it would all right. I spent a my side story point to upgrade my check. Stephanie. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I'll spend uh, 
and one on my side as well. Okay. So just do that. So you move in. So you spend in a maneuver to kind of move into move into engage range and overhand a uh, chop. Oh yeah, here it comes. Aha, you're ready yeah. for this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, so first big swing of the axe, and I just whiff right over his head. Oh. Whoosh! Miss with two advantages. Two advantage, I would like that my big swing is in the way I'll give my opponent a setback die. All right. Uh, Sounds good. All right. Yeah. Much it's hard bigger to get inside that. my reach. Yep. He did. <laughs> Uh, setback dice, and that's uh, average difficulty. All right. I have no defense. No defense either. All right. Fair enough. You guys are flannel hatchets. vestments do not provide defense. No. Well, you don't Only have, soak. You're, you don't have flannel vestments quite yet. Well, I, you might. You might have them. Do you? They're the initiates version. The initiates version. Right. Stop <laughs> initiative. There you go. Oh, yeah. Oops. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. That's, that's good. okay. Because you rolled that's initiative okay. again. Oops. <laughs> that's, yeah, I see it now. that's why it did it. Oh, okay. That's, that's why it did yeah. initiative melee heavy. Oops. Yeah. Burp, burp. There you go. All right. Heavy. I'm going to aim. And, okay. and of course, try, try to take advantage of his maybe here. The fact that he's, he failed, he overextended maybe a little bit, so uh, I'll spend a story point in my favor to upgrade. Mm-hmm. So I've got two yellow, a green, a blue, and two purple. Does maybe uh, people do I've it? Got, I've got uh, my antlers low, so I'm going to provide some defense <laughs> with those and give you an upgrade. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Come on. There you go. <sighs> All right, let's go. Let's do it. Oh, holy, no. holy, no successes, Again. Batman. The antlers just the antlers deflect my bows. Uh, yeah, I I sort of managed to knock a little bit of a, a vibration goes down into his skull and give him uh, a setback uh, to him and give the next out. Uh, Friendly character to me, which would be me. Uh, <laughs> a boost. Perfect. That's yes. Good. Three advantages. I'll I'll allow that. Yeah. Set back to him, and then a boost die to you. Cool. All right. All right. That'll do. Very well. I, you know, I kind of circle around him. Well, you know, he blocked my, he ducked under he my did. blow, he did. and then he gave me that bit of a antler ringer. Um, which yeah. which you didn't expect this wiry bug dude to hit so hard. Nope. So I'm going to give him a little <laughs> bit of respectful space, and I'm going to come in with a nice measured strike right across the middle. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. So with that uh, nice measured strike, what that's going to be is a melee heavy check. Uh, I've got a setback die from him. Mm-hmm. But aim for my maneuver. Double aim for two strings. There you go. Ooh. Which hits nice. you in your measured strike. Uh-huh. And um, not spending a, a story uh-huh. point. Okay. All right. I will not either. There you go. Okay. All right. Uh-oh. Then here we go. Boom. 
Oh, what do you get? Tony? Three successes and a triumph. My triumph will be to score a critical hit. Okay, so first off, how much damage is damage is that? It's three successes that adds oh, to your that, oh uh, brawn plus, plus four plus three. Brawn is three, so three plus four plus three is e ten. Ten. Okay, minus my soak yep. three. That's uh, Soak of three, so that'd be seven. Okay. Yep. And then you right. want to triumph it. Yep, and triumph I would it. like to critically hit. There you go. So um, I don't know how to apply a critical on this. Uh, oh, you, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a little dice uh, next to the threat icon. Click on that, and then you get roll crit in red. Shows you numbered dices, numbered dice, like D12, D10. Got it. I see it. And then it and says roll. apply crit. It says roll yeah. crit or something. Just, yeah. Okay. So, so I rolled a 45. Over. Bold over. All right. Uh, with bold this, over. Uh, Target is not prone. prone. One strain. Oh, 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 that's right there. So one, one strain. More, and he's prone. All right. Yeah. So I just I made that, you know, nice cross the middle section, but I got a little low and I knocked his legs right out from under him. Yep. All right. All, all, so, all more, so one all more strain there, Stefan. So I guess yep. eight, eight total in that round for you. But oof. now remember, you're taking strain instead of wounds when you take yep, yep. the no, damage. I, show. OK, I, I do take uh, take our problem. All right. So that was a solid <laughs> hit. Oh, it was. Knocked him down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So he will take a maneuver to get back up. All right. And leap back into melee. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. So melee heavy. Leaping, leaping bug strike. Leaping. I'm a bug. <laughs> I'm a lumberjack and I don't care. <laughs> You'll take two more strain to aim. Okay. And spend a story point to get an upgrade. Okay. That's all we got. best because this is the yeah. only one you're going to get. Yes. Are you going to spend a story point or? Uh... Oh, no. No? All right. Let's do it then. Ah, oh, no, still rattled. So zero successes. He falls short. As, uh, gets yeah. up and slips. And now he's at maybe well, a level. What thing. you're hearing. Yeah, I'm thinking, because, yeah, you're going to take this because the home crowd, mm-hmm. even inside of the, uh, the mental construct, is now cheering for Maple, 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 yeah. Maple, Maple. So he's that he's got he's, legacy legacy. He's hurting. I'm gonna come in for the final kill. <laughs> um, so um, I learned a special technique from my grandfather that okay. I have not shared yet. It's a special move, and it's called the reverse underhand chop, oh. where you take your axe, flip it upside down in your hand. Like you're going to bring it down as a club, but instead, on the backswing, you bring up the axe and you chop under their guard. 
<laughs> so I'm upgrading. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm aiming, and uh, I will go ahead and take two strain to a right. double aim. Uh-oh. Uh, I'll, I'll spend a story point as well, because he doesn't want to lose in front of home priority. It's his, his home hive. Oh. <laughs> all right, here goes for all the marbles. Ah. Oh, oh, okay. So, yeah. So with the three six, yeah, he only had basically two more. Well, one more strain left. So you do a bunch, but there's yeah. a triumph there. So Tony, why don't you narrate how this axe melee ends for Maple and Rain here? Um. So, uh, that axe underhand. He just totally doesn't even see it. He's watching the end of the the other end of the axe, yeah. thinking he's going to get bonked in the head. He ducks under it, and when he does, the axe blade comes up and hits him right under the chin, and the construct shatters, and we're both standing in the arena on the real world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the construct shattered around us. Um, mm-hmm. We're both standing there. He's kind of staggered for just a second. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, it... Maple raises his big old freaking fist in the air with his axe on it, and he goes, I want to enact the right of the champion and nominate Rain Upon Rocks to receive his vestments as well, as he is an honorable opponent, and I wish to share the future with him as a fellow lover's act. And every and right there, you know, the, the the cheers come up, and when you do that, like the whole crowd and even Big John goes, oh, that's a, oh, then yeah. they just start clapping and yeah, Ray. Yeah, Ray. so that's how I spent my Ray. triumph, by the way. That's how you spent your triumph. Yeah. Three successes yeah. and a triumph on that. And a triumph, so, excellent, uh, excellent. Maple barely manages to to get up. Maybe maybe with Maple's help. Uh, rain. Uh, rain, sorry. Uh, and if, if I had deer ducks, I would cry right now. Thank you so much, my friend. <laughs> May so we that... vanquish evil together forever, my friend. Yes, together. <laughs> and he raises his own uh, mandible uh, weapon. <laughs> Though, um, and then and then like the the lumberjack council comes out later on that night, and there's a huge celebration where you both receive your lumberjack vestments and become official lumberjacks <laughs> and receive your um receive your lumberjack axe and right. vestments so nice there we go and maybe we'll see these characters in the future <laughs> on another that was great guys that was, yeah. that was awesome that was awesome Eh, you know, <laughs> it's a long, it was a, it was a long advantageous threats, but who cares? <laughs> Over three, three episodes, so. three episodes. But, uh, the way you came up with that, 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 uh, competition, homie, well done. Yep. Uh, it, it, it felt like a real competition. There was things in there that, uh, an agile character or a beefy character could succeed at. And, yeah. uh, definitely, 
Um, it came along those lines too. It's, you it know, I, at the beginning, it was a little melee heavy, a little yep. brawn heavy. Mm-hmm. Brawn heavy, and at the end, it was a little agile heavy, and he came up to tie it at the end, and that was just uh, <laughs> a well-designed challenge, sir. Yep. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and I think if um anybody wants to um use something like this in their games as like coming up with events and such. Yeah, I don't know. I think it it worked kind of well. It yep. did. I don't know. Yeah, I, there do were like probably it. some things I could tweak, but I felt like it felt like a lumberjack competition. But you could definitely have it feel like any other kind of competition. Based a on great it. example of something you could do. You could do like a classic Olympics uh, in oh, yeah. um, in a mythic setting. Yeah, it's uh, kind of thing. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You could do um, and and have it as a you know. Uh, competition for some major thing that your your players are trying to win. Maybe it's a it's a magic item, the yeah. uh, you know that they're trying to win that'll allow them to go out and hunt this particular right. monster in yeah. the okay. mythic setting. Um, that a game would be, show like American Gladiators, <laughs> right? And and you know something like and and an event like a like the relay, like the baton, right? Mm. You can have like however many characters you have in your party. You know, you have like maybe four characters in your party, right? Isn't like the what is it called? Like the 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 relay race or whatever, where they yeah. pass the baton. Relay. There's like four yeah. of them, right? You can have each character make a check for that event. You know, and you know, uh, yeah. yeah, it could I all mean, be it, done it, as a team. It could be done as a team, yeah, for that. Yeah, very event, well done. So, thank you, appreciate it. Yes, all right. Hey. Thank All right, then, yeah. So that was our advantageous threats, our part three <laughs> and the end of the, uh, um, what was that? The Lumberjack Multiverse Championship from Zal. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> All right, everybody. That was our uh, our show for this evening. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. Congratulations mm-hmm. to you both, the co-winners. <laughs> well done, you guys. Um, yes. So we're gonna have a so we're gonna have a slight break. Um, we'll be back in a month with our next actual play that I will be running these guys through and. Sean, Tony's son, through part two of the Primeval Thule Secret of the Moon Door adventure that I'm running. Um, yeah, that'll be in a month. Got a little bit of a personal travel time that I'm kind of taking away here. And um, yeah, we'll be back in a month for that. Yeah, and I have to work on uh, here and there. So yeah, uh, we'll just take uh, a little break. will be good for all of us. Of course. Mm-hmm. Any listener feedback? Uh, we did have a bit of uh, some feedback from one of our listeners and fans on uh, MeWe, our okay. social media platform there. Matt Grunswig uh, was asking about um, heroic abilities from Re- Realms of Tirnoth. Mm-hmm. So he starts with, in regards to my question about a signature style pet heroic ability. Uh, because you wanted to sort of, sort of reskin or change up uh, the signature weapon that they have there. Uh, so he says, I've been thinking about it all weekend, and I keep up, and I keep end up keep ending up in circles 
uh, about it. For a bit more info on what I'm trying to do is make a World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft style hunter's pet as a signature ability for Genesis. Uh, I, I know Tony, you had replied initially a bit before that, uh, but was there anything specific that you had replied to him? Well, I just mentioned that you do need to take into account that there are um, talents that affect animal companions already, and that the if he's going to design a signature ability, um, that they need to take that into account, uh, that the player could take those as well. Right. Um, but um, it was certainly doable, just challenging. Right. Yep. Because and it's limited. Are, you have to... Yeah. You have to worry about like what is it? What is that heroic ability for that? What does it give the what's it, companion? What he's going for? What he's going is for as a, yeah. So I said uh, I replied to him. Well, I guess that would that would need to be well thought out and change maybe the various benefit levels instead of weapon attachments. The animal pet uh, animal gets the occasional ability when story points are spent. Uh, to which he replies, yeah, that's why I've been going around with it and taking my time. I keep thinking it might be better to just give an animal that type of ability. And I, I get back to him again. Signature animal companion could also be like a familiar with minor abilities granted to the master all the time uh, and more potent abilities when those story points are spent. Uh, you'd want to keep it. Can you activate it? Yeah, exactly. So for whatever reason, you know, the animal companion where there maybe it's a cat suddenly has the ability maybe to go through walls for some reason you know maybe uh being partially ethereal i don't know just a, something off the but not all the time so you're saying interesting you'd want yeah so you'd want to keep it useful as a uh, as useful as a signature weapon which can be used in normal you know uh in a normal combat as a normal one in combat so you know, even uh, like Alyssa. Uh, in my role turned off, she's got a bow. You know, so it's always a bow weapon, maybe better quality than a standard bow, but she can do really more stuff, nasty stuff, uh, attacks when she spends a story point. So a bit like keeping that in mind. So the animal companion can still be very useful in uh, all kinds of situations every day. Um, so the familiar, you know, well, not as deadly as a weapon, but still versatile out in more narrative situations. That's why my, my, my example of, you know, the cat maybe going through a wall and seeing what's on the other side. If, you know, that's one of the standard abilities of a familiar kind of thing, where seeing through the cat's eyes. And he, he does respond and say, this is act, exactly what I'm trying to go for. It's coming along just slower than I'd like. So uh, I just ask him, you know, so keep us posted on your progress and any uh, any player feedback. And uh, maybe you know, that could be something good for uh, for sharing with others as a new heroic ability. Cause, yeah, now uh, I can see. Like a signature like, weapon. It, hmm? I could see, like, okay, I think I know what he's trying to capture with the World of Warcraft type companion. Now, your companions yeah. are are normal, but they gain abilities right they gain a power that they can upgrade um mm -hmm. over time um so if you're going to do that and you, you want to um, form it after signature weapon so your your companion is going to be basic it's going to be small uh silhouette zero uh maybe it's a small cat or a small bird 
But mm-hmm. then when you activate the ability, um, if you want it to be a combat usable um, ability, when you activate it, the, the bird or the cat or the dog or whatever mm-hmm. it is grows larger. Uh, maybe it gains a sil- silhouette initially, you know, so that it's mm-hmm. that means that its attacks are going to do a little bit more damage. Uh, maybe it um, gains a, a uh, but what you want to dev- decide, just like in um, uh, the signature weapon, is the player chooses when they create the signature weapon what they add to it from a list um, mm-hmm. of, you know, you're, whether you're adding agent or dwarven manufacturer or whether you're adding um, an attachment. Um, and it, it and what mimics, attachment? Right. It mimics an attachment that it doesn't already have. Um, right during when it's activated so you'll want a just like the players have to choose for their weapons a list of things that a player could choose from when building their companion that that companion could do when it's activated um yep so and it doesn't have to be a huge list you know five six items uh, i would think so. list. that fit um, with the animal yeah yeah a bit like uh, changing its movement style like you said making it intangible is one that may be on the second list for the supreme ability for the mm-hmm. for the improved you could have you know changing its movement style instead of having just a um uh, running it could fly um or give it like uh, a pounce ability or give it like an a deadly ability. attack you know yeah, deadly, deadly predator that's like a nasty yeah, ability check, that i uh, think one of the great cats have or something like that you yeah, know yeah Checking animal stats that already exist. Yeah, looking at animals that already exist, and um, maybe it's a like a you know, and maybe it's even more magical than that, and it's got some sort of like even it could take on you know the it's a it's normally just a bird, but then it takes on the look of a phoenix when it's activated, so it takes on fire abilities. Um, All those things are doable uh, Mm. for this. It gains a, a like a battle armor. (laughs) <laughs> Thundercat. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean when yeah. he I mean when, he, when he says that he when E-Man. he says yeah, when he says that he wants to reskin signature weapon, to me it sounds like they want to use this companion as their main weapon, right? So yeah. yeah. I I can't remember like how those how those companion rules work if it's they take up when when one of your companions attacks, whether it takes up your attack action or no, it your, takes up your maneuver. You command your, your ta- companion right. to attack. Um, but those are it, higher ta- higher tier talents too, so you can't take it when you're beginning character unless you spend a lot of points. It's third and fourth tier talents, I believe, yeah. for improved. Yeah. Or third and fifth. At least um, third for the animal companion. So. Right, and then I think it's fourth for dire animal or fifth um, yeah. tier talents for the dire companion. Either way. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. if you want it to take the place of your action instead of your maneuver in combat, uh, it could be totally part of the signature um, uh, companion. Yeah, you could also you think it. of it as, as as a combination of attacks. You know, you 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 and your animal companion attack at the same time, make a com- combined attack, a bit like what you did with your panda, you know, Kung Fu Panda story, where two characters can get together and make an awesome uh, attack together. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That works. All right. So well, that's, uh, that's of, good uh, stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of feedback. I hope maybe that helps uh, with some ideas. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, let us know what you come up with. All right. Was there anything? So, was there anything in Keyforge that had that added to companions too? I can't remember. I if there was like know. a. I don't think so. I only saw three talents: uh, animal companion, dire animal companion. One improved, but it didn't change that much. Uh, it just maybe a uh, a bit of an aspect. I, I know one of them, Beastmaster, I like, uh, beast, uh, animal companions. All right. Well, uh, if you have any thoughts on this, folks out there, um, to help Matt, um, you can pipe up on Mayway uh, in the chat. He, that's where that conversation was occurring. Um, you can uh, reach out to us uh, at Finding the Narrative Podcast at gmail.com. Finding the Narrative on uh, Facebook. Uh, and of course, Finding the Narrative on Mayway. Uh, at FTN underscore Genesis on Twitter, uh, where you can talk to Stefan. And uh, please recommend us out there to your friends and family, uh, well, mainly just friends, uh, at Finding the Narrative Podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, and many more. Um, this is Tony saying, let's tell a story and spend those story points. And this is Stefan saying, dare to ask those boost dice and uh, eat some uh, some delicious waffles. <laughs> Remember the rule of cool, everybody. Um, make sure you have plenty of French toast for the moussasaurs at your competition, for sure. <laughs> and waffles for rain when he comes back next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, most importantly, just have fun doing it. Good night, everybody. Adios. Bye. Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.